Here's the title of the sermon today. What are you looking for? Because here's what they were looking for. They were looking for a dead man. Oh, we think it. Oh, they were going to find. They were going to go. They knew the tomb would be empty. No, they did not. They had their spices. They were ready to go prepare his body properly for burial. So all of their hopes, all of their dreams had dashed. And all these men that had been following Jesus Christ all these years for three years, some of them. All of a sudden, it's all ended when they heard him say on the cross, it is finished. They thought, we're finished. See, we, we always think of the past, but they were thinking in the present. But sometimes we do the same things, church. He says, I've already conquered death, but we still live like he's still on the cross. But he's not on the cross anymore. And God is calling us. I love what Abe was sharing this morning. He's calling us out of compromise. He's calling us out of fear. He's calling us into walking a life of faith. He's calling us to live a resurrected life. But the question I have for you this morning is what are you looking for? Are you looking for something that's not there? Because they were looking for a dead Savior. They were looking for a mutilated body. They were looking for a, for a man that had died a criminal's death. And they did not understand what was going on. But it says now on the first day. Say the first day. On the first day of the week. Very early in the morning they and certain other women with them. Came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. They loved Jesus. They just loved him. Even though everything that they had thought was going to happen didn't happen, they didn't understand anything, they loved him enough. They said, we want to prepare him properly for his burial. And so they came to the tomb very early that morning, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. See, they were so caught up in, in the pain of it all that when they were going along the way, it says in Mark, they were going, they were thinking like, oh, when we get there, who's going to roll that stone away? You ever do that? You're thinking you're going to go and do something, but you've forgotten a lot of elements along the way, what you're going to have to have to get something done? I have. And so they're getting there, and now listen, there are all sorts of people. A lot, uh, you'll go back and you'll find if you read and you Google, there are a lot of people that tell you that he, died, that he really didn't die, that he just passed out on the cross. There are other people that say his body was stolen. There are other people that, listen, they say that they went to the wrong tomb. But the Bible says, if you read all the Gospels, I don't have time to read them all the, to you this morning, but the, the Bible says that the ladies watched where they laid him. And I had the opportunity about a year ago to go to that very tomb, or the one that they think is the very tomb that Jesus was laid in. And it's not very far from where they think he was crucified, just like the Bible says. We went in there, and guess what? It's still empty. It's still empty. Then they went in and they did not find what they were looking for. <laughs> they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. What are you looking for this morning? Who are you looking for? What are you, what are you asking? What do you want to satisfy you? I was uh, preparing for the sermon. of, and, and Listen, it's a challenge because there's so many ways you can preach this. There's so many ways you can present it. But the Lord kept saying... You know, they, they were looking for something that wasn't there. But I thought, well, so are so, do, so, so, are so many people in the world. They're looking for something that they can grab hold to that will give them meaning and purpose in life. And they don't find it. 
because they're looking for the wrong things. Y'all remember the song by the Eurythmics, The Sweet Dreams? Everybody's looking for something. You too. And I still haven't found what I'm looking for. They're Christians. Say, how can you write a song like that? They even talk about the cross on that song. They haven't found what they're looking for. But I believe all across this world, there are millions and millions of believers that are still looking for something that they haven't found. And they're stuck in religion or they're stuck in, they're stuck in apathy or they're stuck in the place where, oh, somebody's hurt me or they're stuck in the place of offense. They're stuck in the place, well, I got hurt by that pastor or by that church and I'm not doing that anymore. We have people all over the world today that say, I believe, but yet they're still searching for something different, something more. And Jesus said, it is finished. When he meant it is finished, he didn't mean just on the cross. He was taking, he was speaking prophetically. It's finished all the way to heaven. Luke 4, 24, 4 says, And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. No duh, right? <laughs> we saw them. We saw them lay him in there. We saw the soldiers. We saw the tomb. We saw the stone that was rolled over the tomb. They were greatly perplexed. That behold, two men stood by them. They were, these were angels. His shining garments. And then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? The angels basically were saying, You're looking for the wrong thing. You're, for, you're looking for something dead, not alive. But listen, you can't find it here because he's alive. I read an article this week written by a lady named Kathy Caprino. And she had done this interview of 700 people. And it was titled, listen to the title of this, The Top Ten Things People Want in Life But Can't Seem to Get. The top ten things in life that people want, but they just can't seem to get it. You know, are you in that boat this morning? You're going after some things, and you think you're going to find fulfillment in them, but you haven't gotten it yet. Well, I'm going to give you the top five. We're not going to do all ten. I want to talk the top five. What do you think the very first one is? The top, the, the top thing that most people want, but they can't seem to get it. What do you think it is? Love, money, peace. Yeah, nobody said it yet. Happiness, which involves love and money and peace. The number one thing, Rita, that everybody wants to go after out of 700 people interviewed, they want happiness. And the biggest challenge, she, she interviewed all these people, and the biggest challenge about finding happiness was the people responded, not knowing what I want to do. Capital I. Not knowing what I want to do. No wonder you can't find happiness. No wonder you can't find fulfillment. Because it's not about what you want, it's about what God wants for you. You will never attain happiness if you think that you can find it on your own without finding Jesus Christ. Number two, money. Say money. The biggest challenge was not having enough money or time to accomplish the things that I want to do. I want this and I want that and I don't want this and I want that. And if I can get this and this and this and that and that and that and that, I will be happy. And listen, as Americans, we're the worst. 
If we get the new car, we get the bigger house, if we get the boat, if we get the this or that, whatever it is that you want that you think is going to make you happy and you get it, guess what? You will not be happy. Maybe for a moment, maybe for a season. But you will find out that these things fade away. They slip through your hands. Sometimes a banker comes and he takes them back home. Third thing. What do you think the third thing is? It's what we are about here. Freedom. That's the name in our name. So. The third thing people, and I was kind of surprised by that. The third thing that people want is freedom. And the biggest challenge is having the freedom to find my true purpose in life or in the workplace. You see, people want to have this freedom to go after what they really want. And yet if they're going after the wrong things and they find the things that they think they really want, it's not going to make any difference in their life. Freedom to choose. Fourth thing is peace. The biggest challenge is a lack of clarity about who I am and my purpose. You're going to see all these are spiritual things. Peace. People want purpose. I mean, Rick Warren got rich, or not necessarily him, but he made a lot of money for his church when he wrote The Purpose Driven Life. And you know, it was the number one bestseller in the, in the New York Times. I mean, the New York Times bestseller list. Millions of copies. Because there are people that are going to the airport and they're going through that next big appointment and they find a book and talks about purpose and they want to find out what their purpose in life is. Because most people don't know what their purpose is. You know why they don't know their purpose? Because they don't know their identity. And the last thing, the fifth thing, is joy. How to find the right role or position for me now that will bring joy in my life. You know why people can't find any of these things in the world? Because all of those things are dead things in the world. They're all dead things. When we talk about somebody going under the water, we say, you've died to self, you've died to sin. The old corpse, it's laid to rest. You're not going to carry that anymore. Leave the world in the water. And yet we come up out of the water and the first thing, some of the first things we do is try to go back and find what's in the world for us. This should make a difference. What happens in here should make a difference. God challenges us every day to find who, who we are in Him so we can make a difference in the kingdom of God and in this world. We can't find those things. We can't find what we think we're looking for because they're dead things. Then they're based upon self-will, self-power, self-seeking. And even when we think we found them, they find, we find out that we're empty when we get them. She surveyed all these people, and especially the millionaires. Guess what the millionaires wanted more of? Money. Because what they had wasn't enough. Think about it. How many of you would be happy with a million dollars today? No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. Just think about it. How many of you like to win the, the lottery? No? Nobody. How many liars are in here? Well, you wanted a million, but you don't want a billion, right? But the saddest thing is the people that have the most don't think they have enough. You read, read the life of Howard Hughes if you want to find out an example of that in the worst degree. 
Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Talks about in, in uh, one of Paul's letters in, to the church at Corinth that the things that we do for God will, that's what will be, that God will judge us on our works, the things that we've done for Him, and we'll receive rewards. We'll, we'll receive war, rewards. Boy, that's a tough one. We will receive rewards for the things that we've done to honor and glorify the King. But the things that we've done for ourselves, the things that we've done out of selfishness and selfish ambition and greed, those things will be burned up. He said, we will escape the flames. Hallelujah. <laughs> so a lot of people go, I want to be judged on all my bad things. Actually, those things are going to be burned up. You're going to be judged on really what the things that you've done for Jesus. That's where you get your rewards. That's where you get your crowns. But even at that, when we get there, we give him the crown back. Because we know, hey, there's no way I could have had this crown without you, Jesus. He deserves our crowns. So let me ask you again this morning, what are you seeking in life? Everybody here want how many people here want to be happy? Just keep your hands up. Prosperous, free, at peace, and full of joy. Okay, I'm going to tell you how you can get there. There's only one way to get there. And I've got a scripture for everyone of Matthew 6.33 says, This is the way you get there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek ye first who? The kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. Seek Jesus. Seek God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. When you seek Him, you will find Him. When you seek Him with all of your heart, you will find Him. He wants to be found. Listen, He found us. He wants us to find Him. It says He came and seek, to seek and save that which was lost, but He asked us in return to seek Him, to put Him first in our lives. So if you want to be happy, Matthew 5 says, 5, 6 says, Blessed or those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Not that they might, but they shall be. They will be filled if you're seeking Him. That word blessed, when it's translated, means happy. It means happy. Want to be happy? Seek Him. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. God wants us to prosper. Not so we can build our kingdom, so we can advance his kingdom. Man, win the lottery, but give it all away. Get your million dollars, but give it away and bless the kingdom of God. Bless people. There's a spirit of whoredoms over in the United States of America. You know that. Just hang on and get more and get more and get more and hold on to it till you die. And then somebody has an estate sale. Then I go buy it and put it in my garage. You know, some... There's a lot to, you can learn through an estate sale. Anybody ever go to those? I, I just like digging through stuff, you know, and might find a little nugget of treasure. But one of the saddest things you ever find at an estate sale is photo albums or family Bibles. Nobody wants. Dead, gone, no, no relatives, nobody left. And they went after all these things. You look through the house and go, wow, they had this great collection of that and this great collection of that, and they're gone. But we like, I like to go in houses and see if there's a presence of the Lord was ever there. 
You'll go into some homes and you'll see crosses on the wall. And you'll see all these all these story uh, uh, Bibles and 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 stories about Jesus and and all these Christian books and and you'll see all this stuff. And you go like, man, and, and but you'll go to other houses. You see nothing. You see nothing about God. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty. That word liberty means freedom. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are, are oppressed. He's, he's come to set the captives free. You cannot get free in the world. I'm not against 12-step programs. I'm not against all those other things. But I am for doing them Christ-based. He wants to set you free today. John 14, 27. I love this verse. Jesus speaks and he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Never let, nor let it be afraid. I, I think one of the greatest things that I think as, as a Christian, Glenda, is that I walk in this peace. You know, you can ha happiness and you can have money and all those things, but the peace that passes understanding. Jesus said, you know what? The world can't give this to you. You can't sign a treaty that will bring peace. The only contract you can sign that will bring you peace would be the co contract of covenant with Jesus Christ. That's the only contract that will bring you peace. That's the only treaty that will bring you peace. And if you think you can find peace apart from Jesus Christ, you're mistaken. And Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want joy? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Man, when, the, when the calamity comes, when trials come, when pressure comes, when death comes, when illness comes, we need to know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Glenda, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Where's Glenda? Johnny Mack went to be with Jesus on Good Friday. I heard that this morning when he went to his appointment in the, in the, the clinic next door to the hospital. He said, can you see them? He said, can you see them? He could see angels. And shortly after, he had a heart attack. He grabbed his chest as soon as he said that. Went to be with the Lord. I mean, as much as I'd want him back here, I think he's probably celebrating Resurrection Day a little bit better than we are. And I said, I hope Linda comes today because she's surrounded with her family. And Johnny Mac, man, if you ever, if he ever cornered you, he's going to tell you about Jesus. He's going to tell you about the miracles that God did in his life. What an evangelist. What a testimony. I thank God that he brought Johnny Mac and Glenda into our life. Y'all have been a blessing to us. 
Y'all continue to pray for Glenda and her family as they go through the mourning process, the grieving process, because that is real. Verse 6 to Luke chapter 24. Best news ever. The angels are speaking. I said, he's not here. He's risen. He is not here, but he's risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again? Hope. Listen, when you run into Jesus, when you find this out, their hopes that had been dashed now are suddenly alive again. See, if you're hopeless this morning and you find that Jesus Christ is risen and you can know him, hope will rise up in you today. If you find yourself faltering in your faith and you come face to face and find an angel say, no, he's not here, he's risen, then your faith will rise up. Amen? See, some of you need to hear this. You know it. You've been taught it since you were kids. But today, he wants you to be reminded. It says, the angel says, remember what he told you. And some of you here this morning, may your future just seems so bleak. Just like it was for these women at the tomb. But now when they found out that Jesus was raised from the dead, just think of the endless possibilities of what started going through their mind and what was about to happen. And they couldn't wait to get back and tell their brothers. You may be here this morning. And you're walking in this place of death. Or you've been sidetracked or hurt or something has caused you to get off track with Jesus Christ. And you need to be be reminded this morning that he's not in the tomb. He's risen. For those of you that have been looking for the world to fill all of your needs, I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer. But how's that working out for you? If you've been looking for the world to fulfill all your happiness and bring you all the joy in your life and peace, how's that working out for you? Well, I know how it's working out for you. There was a church in Laodicea that they were trying to do those very things. And Jesus spoke to them. He said, because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, have need of nothing, and did not do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. If you're going after the world this morning, that's who you are. You're wretched, poor, you're blind, and you're naked. But if you're going after Jesus, you're the opposite of all those things. The world just doesn't have it, guys. What what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And verse 8 says, And they, the ladies, remembered his words. I try, I just almost went by that one. I almost went past that one. And they remembered his words. You know what that says to me? That there's power in the word. See, when you're going through the most difficult time in your life, you need to remember his word. You need to have the word ingrained in you. He said, hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against him. Listen, prevent, that's a preventative medicine. 
That's a preventive strike against the enemy. Because when you hide the word in your heart, you're not going to want to sin against him. And they remembered his words that day. Oh, yes, we remember his promises. We remember now his word came alive in them. Then it didn't matter if the angels were there. It didn't matter if the stone was rolled away. It didn't matter if the tomb was empty. They remembered his promises. And that's what gave them the power to go on. That's what gave them the strength to live for Jesus Christ until they died. Then they, the women, and there were several women there, returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them and who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. One reason that their words seemed like idle tales, but back in the, because in the first century, women were not credible. Their testimony was not credible. Well, guess what? It was credible with God. When they, when the, when the angels went to the shepherds, shepherds of the lowest totem, put the lowest people on the rung. God said, I want you to tell them first. Women, I know they don't believe you, but I want you to find them first. I want you to be the first evangelist in the world. I want you to go and tell them my son is not dead, that he's raised from the dead, that the tomb is empty. And so if they go, man, they're excited. Can you imagine going and telling Peter, John, all the disciples, the apostles, he's alive, he's alive. We heard the angels, and they're just going, no, nah, not really, really, no. Nah. Mary, are you, what have you been doing? But it settled, it, it finally clicked with them. And just two of them, two of them. Peter and John took off. I think it was a race. And John said, I'm the beloved. I can, fa- I can run faster. He loves me more. He's given me more speed. <laughs> Peter's just trying to, trying to catch up. And they arose and they ran to the tomb. And stooping down, he saw, this was Peter. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. Do you still marvel at what God has done for you? See, I, I, I don't know that all Christians do. I, I don't know that we still marvel at what he's done for us. Because if we were still marveling at what he, do, he had done for us, we would be living in a way that's different than we live, more than likely. Do you agree? If you wake up with the wonder... Don't you think your day would be different? If you wake up thinking, I really want to remember his word today, I'm going to get in his word today, don't you think your day, day would be different? And yet we think, listen, I, I'm not putting you down. We all, we all go through this stuff. But sometimes we wake up and the first thing on our heart is the world. What are we going to get there? What are we going to do to get through the day? How am I going to make ends meet? What? And we start worrying. We start letting fear come in. And we forget the promises. Oh, yes, that's right. Jesus said, I will supply all of your needs according to my glorious riches in Christ Jesus. All my needs. I will give you peace. Oh, you mean I don't have to have, I don't have to be anxious today, Lord? No, he says, I don't want you to be anxious about anything. Just pray. Believe me. He's made a way for us, church. John 5, 24 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word, and believes in him who sent me as everlasting life and now shall not come to judgment but has passed from death to this life into life 
The greatest miracle of all, of all, is salvation. You have passed. When you, when you said yes to Jesus, you passed from death to life. What are you looking for? How are you looking at other people? Do you have the eyes of Christ or do you have the eyes of the world? I remember a story, and I, and I, I looked it up because it, it, I remember it touched my life so much. And we're going to close with this, so ministry team be ready. But There was this teacher who had a disabled child in her class. He's, he, was, he had a terminal disease. Twelve years old, and he was only in the second grade. This is a true story. Twelve years old and only in the second grade. And he would make sounds and noises that would disrupt the class sometimes. But a lot of times he was just would be quiet and would be a good student. But it would irritate the teacher that she had to have this child in her class. She wanted, she wanted to be a good teacher and she wanted to love on him. But, man, he would do things that just would, would create, you know, dis- disruption in the class. So she called the parents in and had a conference with them and said, she said, maybe y'all could find a, a special needs class. And they said, well, we live in this, this town. There's nothing close by. It's a small town. We can't find a place. Teacher, could you just have a little patience and still, just still try with our son? She said, okay, I'll try. It was about springtime, and he was doing pretty good. And yet she was feeling this in, within herself that, man, I, I just can't deal with him anymore. And it was, like I said, it was springtime, and she gave her students a... Uh, uh, a le- uh, uh, an assignment. This was she was a Christian. And that's back when you could talk about Jesus in school. She said, I'll, "I want to give every one of you a plastic egg." So she gave everybody in her class a plastic egg. And she said, "I want you to come back tomorrow with something that represents life inside of your plastic egg." All the kids come back the next day and they're excited. They have their plastic eggs. So she opens one of them up, and there's a little flower inside. She says, oh, wow, who, who brought this one? And little Tommy raises his hand. I did, teacher. He said, yeah, flowers, they represent the spring. They're new life, and they're springing up. And another kid was really proud because she opened his necks, and there was a butterfly inside of it. Oh, wow, who brought this one? And this little girl waved her hand back. I brought that one, teacher. She said, you know, the, the butterfly represents the new life, the metamorphosis that we go through as, as believers. We come from an ugly caterpillar, and God transforms us into a beautiful, beautiful butterfly. And then she opens the next egg, and there's nothing in it. And she knows whose egg it is. It's the little boy's. And she says she didn't want to embarrass him, so she sets it to the side. And he, and he hollers out, teacher, aren't you going to tell him about my egg? Y'all know where this is going? She said, well, there's nothing in it. He said, exactly. That's why it's about new life, because Jesus, when they looked in the tomb, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Three months later, he died. And at his funeral, every child came up with a plastic egg and laid it on his coffin in the empty egg. Because he knew 
all the mental incapacities, all the disabilities, a terminal disease, and he knew. I'm going to live again. Johnny's more alive today than he's ever been. But it doesn't happen, guys. It didn't happen without a price. It happened because Jesus was willing to die for our sins. So this morning, I'm going to ask you, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Because you're not going to find it apart from Christ. Would you stand? Could have our ministry team get in their places this morning. If I ever stop, if I ever get to the place where I don't cry when I preach or talk about the cross, well, I, I'll probably just hang it up, you know. I don't want to really want to apologize for that. I know it doesn't come across as cool, but it's okay. I love what Jesus did for me. I do. I won't. And if you're here this morning and you don't know, you don't understand it, or you've been chasing after the wrong things, even as, even after you become a Christian, if you've, if you've walked away and you've started chasing after the world again, I'm telling you, today's the day to rededicate your life. Recommit your life to remembering what He's already done for you and what He wants to do through you and in you. If you're here this morning you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, this could be the greatest, most awesome day of your life because it sets your mark, it sets your destiny for eternity to live with a victorious Savior on this earth and in the next. So bow your heads and close your eyes. Everybody, just bow your heads, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. If you're here this morning, I'm just going to flat out ask you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never given your life to Him, we're going to ask you to do something very courageous. It's just raise your hand. Just slip your hand up in the air. Anybody else? Wow. Okay, you can put them down. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Now, I've got good news for you. This is your day. Resurrection day can be your resurrection day for the rest of your life. So I'm going to pray for you, first and foremost, that you would have the courage to step out and come and find one of these counselors, one of these ministry teams, and let them take you into a room and, and just listen to you and speak to you and speak life to you and pray with you and start the most incredible adventure of your life, walking with Jesus. So if that's you, if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to step out right now and come. We have counselors at the back and we have counselors at the front. If that was you, you raise your hand. I just pray right now for a holy boldness to come over you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Thank you. I see others. Amen. Amen. 
good resurrection day without some salvations, would it? Anybody else? Yeah, I saw some other hands raised. Just I'm with the church. Pray right now. Pray for those people that raise their hands. Because you know what it's like to go after the world and not find anything good. But when you found Jesus, you found everything good. So anybody else that raised your hand this morning said, I don't know Jesus. Listen, you're not going to figure it all out today. Don't, don't, the enemy will whisper in your, head, your, your heart and your mind, Oh, listen, that's, that's too hard to do. Listen, it's the grace of God that saves us. It's your faith that he's put within you. He actually put the faith in, within you to raise your hand this morning. So I'm just going to wait a second. Anybody else that never has given your life to Christ, I want to listen. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in all of eternity. Anybody else? All right, there's a second invitation. So bow your heads, close your eyes again. For those of you that have stopped, maybe somewhere along the way, you just decided the world was shining so bright you had to go back to the world. You were, you, you were, you were the glitz and the glamour, whatever it was, started luring you back. I'm not saying you're lost. I'm not saying you've lost your salvation. But you've lost that desire to walk with Jesus. Some people call it backsliding. I don't, I don't even know that's a good term. It's, it, it's just you've just lost that, that desire in your heart to serve Him, to walk with Him, to be in His Word, to be in His house. I'm going to ask you to be very honest this morning. If you're that person, you've been going after what the world offers instead of what God offers, I want you to just raise your hand honestly. Raise your hand up right now. Slip your hand up. Lift your hand up. Thank you. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray for you now. Father, for those that have just lifted their hand up, they've not been going after you like they, they used to, or they know to. Lord, I pray that you give them the strength to step out and come and get prayer this morning. Just step out and come. So y'all do that right now. If that's your, if you're struggling right there in that area of your life of walking with Jesus, just step out and come. We want to pray for you. Be honest. Get some help this morning. Get some help this morning. Don't let the world pull you, drag you back in, suck you back into that blackness, that darkness. Step out and come. Step out and come. Come on. I know there's more of you. You used to have this walk with the Lord as like, wow, so on fire. Now today you used to barely got a little glimmer. God wants you to restore and renew you today. Anybody else? Step out and come. We'll just wait for a few seconds. You may be seated. Thank you.